ATVs, UTVs, campers, boats, and more. Thursday, December 7th, Friday, December 8th, beginning 9 a.m. Preview Wednesday, December 6th, 9 to 4. At Henderson Auctions, two-day winter public auction in Livingston, Louisiana. Get more info and directions. Click HendersonAuctions.com. Business license number 80-459. Panic, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> I actually wasn't, so that's why I didn't hear you. <laughs> you heard me bumping around talking to Tom. Hi there, everyone. It's the food show. This is what happens when you work at home. You know, what can you say? But I'm very grateful to be able to do this. It's the food show, 35 years running. We're still doing it, even from home under the most absurd circumstances. But here we are, 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you. It's coming up on Thanksgiving. And I'd sure love to hear what your Thanksgiving plans are. Miss Patty is taking good care of herself by going to Trinas. And we are doing our usual family, gigantic family gathering. My sister is turning 80 three days later. Well, actually, a week and a half later. But uh, her family from out of town said, look, if you do the party a few days after Thanksgiving, we'll come in for both. And so everybody's coming in for both. So, Well, not both, but at least that party. <clears throat> so busy, busy family time again. Because I have a big family. <laughs> that's what happens when you have a big family. Somebody's already always doing something. So that's our plan for Thanksgiving. You know, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I, I miss doing the big Thanksgiving thing. And now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to do just a couple of dishes <laughs> for somebody else's Thanksgiving because it's I stay busy here. That's for sure. So, But anyway, we're still doing the... The root beer glazed ham for sure, and the mac and cheese and a couple of apps, but not a big, big deal like I like to do. So that's just the way it is now, and that's the way it is, whatever that song is. Uh, all right, let's see. Did we do anything last night? No. Did we do anything yesterday for lunch? Probably also no. But... Uh, Tom is going out to dinner tonight with Mary Lee, and I'm thinking maybe I will try to do something interesting. And I hope that I have the time to do that, because running across the lake and running back in a short period of time is, uh, is not, well, it's not fun, that's for sure. It's not, it's not normal dining, that's for sure, but it's just what we're doing right now. Let's see what day it is today. I do this every morning, and I then forget about what day it is after I've already put it up. Oh, it's Fast Food Day. <laughs> National Fast Food Day. Somebody sent me something from El Pollo Loco, which I first heard about 25, no, 35, 40 years ago. 
uh, from a friend who grew up in California. And it was back then he was talking about it. So that's how old that chain is. I believe the closest we have for El Pollo Loco is Texas. No, I think they might have had one or might have one in Baton Rouge. But I thought we had some here. I thought somebody told me that there was an El Pollo Loco on the West Bank. But apparently, if it was there, it isn't there any longer. Because in looking at the website, that's the closest I could see. And they wanted to come on the show. And I said, fine, come on the show on National Fast Food Day because it is fast food. But I didn't hear back from them. So I guess either they're too busy today, they don't consider themselves fast food, or thought, who are these people <laughs> in New Orleans? Oh, gosh, today's the birthday of Sal Sinceri. Sal Sinceri is a member of the uh, P&J Oyster family dynasty. They'd be flattered to hear me say it's a dynasty, but it's a long, long running operation. It might be a hundred years old. It might, it's over a hundred years old, well over a hundred years old. Uh, he and his siblings operate the P&J Oyster Company. Uh, the Sun Series transformed a very old, since the late 1800s, oyster shucking operation into a standard setter for the business. The P&J brand has become enough of a hallmark of quality that many restaurants with oyster bars still make a point of saying that their oysters come from there. That's, that's tapered off a bit. I was seeing that an awful lot. And then I feel like it tapered off a little bit after Katrina, not Katrina, after uh, COVID. Sal has always been a leader in the revitalization of Rampart Street and in the successful fight against federal regulations that would have banned raw oysters in the summer months. After all that work, it's unfortunate in the extreme that his main lookout now is for the survival of his company in the wake of so many disasters, the oil spill, covid but Tom has, I mean, Tom has confidence that P&J's is long-term. Of course it is. He and his brother Al will see to that. Their sister Mary used to work there, but now she is retired many years now and uh, lives in Hammond, in a great big house in downtown Hammond. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. It's National Fast Food Day. Surprisingly, Tom recognizes that. I'm shocked about that, but there's only two or three lines in the almanac about it. This too shall pass, is how he says it. <laughs> Isn't Tom so fun with his dismissiveness of things that he doesn't like? In a nutshell, here's what's wrong with fast food. In order for it to be served quickly, it must be prepared in advance. While it waits for you to order it, it becomes terrible. Also, it removes the element of anticipation from eating you don't have time to look forward to the meal. Why would you want to if it's a standard burger? The weight itself is one of the things that makes great food worth waiting for. Let's see. If you had to eat fast food today, this is not only for Patty, who will be the first one to answer this question, but for you in the audience, if you were forced to eat fast food today, what would it be? That's an easy one for me, Patty. What about you? Yeah, I think it probably, we're probably thinking the same thing. It would be Popeye's. <laughs> yeah. 
not even a thought needed for that. I kind of don't consider Popeye's fast food, even though it is fast food. It's so superior in quality, other than your biscuits at your location, Patty. Um, It's so superior in quality that I don't really even think of it as fast food. But I mean, I don't do fast food like other people did fast food or do fast food. I remember I was doing Trey Yen as fast food when the kids were in school. We would swing by and pick it up, which is de rigueur now, especially in the post-COVID world. That's another thing that would really upset Tom if he was really tuned into all of this. The, the idea that it's, I won't say on par with, except it won't, it's not on the acceptability par for you to dine in or take out. There was no acceptability of taking out for Tom ever. But then COVID changed all that. And we ain't going back. A lot of people pick up as easily as they dine in. As a matter of fact, the next time I talk to a restaurateur who's been at it for a long time, I'm going to ask him what percentage of his business is takeout pre and post COVID. That'd be an interesting question. All right, we're going to take a break and be back with more of the food show after this. Has been a local favorite serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Alrighty, five five six nine six nine six is the number. Parish Coffee is in a purple bag with a golden rooster, and you should go find it on your supermarket shelf. And if you can't, you should ask for it because it is a delicious roast. Uh, it's not a New Orleans roast necessarily. It's a local roast, I would say. He does have several different kinds, but um, it is a luxurious roast for a really kind of mainstream price. I think that is pretty much the way every coffee fanatic that I know who I had tasting Parish Coffee when they first came on the show years ago. That's what they said. They said it tastes really expensive, but it isn't. And I said, yeah, that's that's the thing about it. <clears throat> so if you've not had it, go try it. And ask for it if you don't see it. They're probably just out of it. But right alongside it, you might see a white bag or Lean's Coffee. There'll be a couple of different varieties there. But you really have to go to their website or leanscoffee.com where you can order all the different flavors off the website. There's a lot of them. If you're into tea, they're getting big into tea as well. You should be able to find some interesting tea blends there. 
And also, if you have a restaurant with those little canisters, if you have a fast, casual restaurant, people help themselves, or even not, because Z is not that way, and they carry Royal Tea, which is the Orleans Coffee brand of restaurant tea service, that delicious... Um, the delicious flavored tea at Zia that everybody talks about that is royalty from Orleans Coffee. If you are setting up a coffee shop, if it's your dream, you should talk to them. Go to orleanscoffee.com and fill out some paperwork. They'll be in touch. They can kind of lead you through. They can sell you all the supplies and the syrups and the equipment and all that stuff. Orleanscoffee.com, 40 years, worth having a look at their website. See what they can do for you, orleanscoffee.com. Today we're going to be talking to Lee Webb. Lee Webb is a name that you don't know because he has only been in business for six weeks. Well, seven now because we went last week to his place in Mandeville. It's a delicious, surprisingly delicious little place. It's Italian, pizza mostly, uh, in that space that people who have lived on the North Shore a long time will remember as being... um, Adjacent, almost adjacent to Roma Pizza, which was this curmudgeonly father-son duo from New York. And they served really terrific New York-style pizzas from the slamming door ovens. But they were scary. And uh, we would go in there and get pizza a lot because it was really, really good. And then they just sort of quit. And there's been no pizza there until now. This pizza is not really anything like that pizza, or honestly, like any other pizza. It is a hybrid. It's in the hybrid class, I call it. And I'll talk to Lee about that because uh, he is a fan of Neapolitan pizza, and he's a fan of New. He's actually not that much a fan of Neapolitan pizza. He's a fan of New York pizza. That's what I meant to say. And, well, we'll talk about it. It's not Neapolitan pizza. It is anti-Neapolitan pizza, which is kind of where I fall on the pizza scale. Patty, was it, do you remember we were talking about the Pizza Association? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, we had him on. No, we didn't. Did we? Yeah, we had a guy on from the... Pizza Lovers Association or something like that? No, I don't think that's it. This oh, is, okay. I think I think this came through Maribo. I'm going to have to contact Gavin over at Maribo because I feel like there's an Italian association located in Italy. Oh, which, yeah, no, these guys were from New Orleans. <laughs> no, 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 that was something totally different. Mm-hmm. That's just a fun thing. These guys are serious about pizza, and it's like... I have to I have to ask Gavin because I think he's the one who mentioned it, and I really want to get them on. And it's just like, I guess you could call them the Pizza Police, and they're in Italy. And I would I would like to talk to them. That'd be fun. But I th- I I think they might be in Naples, so they're going to favor Neapolitan pizza, which is absolutely not my favorite. But anyway, um, it's going to be interesting to talk to Lee Webb. He has a really unusual approach to pizza. And I noticed, I said, I was talking about their ricotta on the pizza, which I thought I had never seen before, but I was flipping through my pictures looking for something Instagrammable, and I noticed a pizza just like we got at Pomodori. 
which is the name of their place in Mandalay. I mean, uh, in Mandeville. And it was in Sherman Oaks. I remember going there about a year and a half ago with Jude. And that was the only other place I had seen that. They didn't ask you if you wanted it or not. That's just how the pizza came. And they ask you at Pomodori about it. So I'm going to wonder, the. I have to ask him the origin of that practice. I do not know it. The question I proffered to you in the last quarter of quarter hour was if you were forced on this National Fast Food Day to eat fast food, and maybe you don't have to be forced, maybe you eat it all the time. So what's your what's your go-to? What's your go-to fast food? For us, Patty and me, I knew it would be the same Popeyes because the superior quality of that is well, I'm sure it's arguable to some people, but, you know, I wouldn't argue it because to me it's a settled thing. In my mind, to my taste, Popeye's reigns. But I'm curious as to anyone who has a uh, topper to Popeye's because I just, I just can't see it. Maybe the reason Popeye's is so good here is that it's from here. I've never, I don't know that I've had Popeye's any place else. I know my sister would get Popeyes. I know that my son is a caniac and he gets canes. And they now have one near him. He's very excited about that. He used to have to drive down to USC to get it. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I feel like he would have said something if it wasn't the same. So maybe Popeyes is the same anywhere you get it too. And maybe McDonald's and such is the same, and it's just not very good. So, I don't know. 5569696, I would like to hear from you if you are a fast food eater, or if you're not a fast food eater, even better, and you had to have fast food on this National Fast Food Day, where would you drive through? 5569696, Ravigot is the edible dictionary word today. Ravagot uh, is something we all know about a lot. It means revived, which is a little disturbing if you think about it, in French, which tells the story of its origin. Its acidity and spice could mask off the off flavors of slightly over-the-hill foodstuffs, making them palatable. It's not used that way anymore, let's be clear, not intentionally. Anyway, in New Orleans, where it's common, it's a mayonnaise-based sauce sharpened with lemon juice or vinegar with green onions, capers, chopped red bell pepper sometimes, and white pepper or cayenne. The target of this sauce is usually lump crab meat, which it turns in, which turns it into one of the city's most beloved appetizers, also known as crab meat maison. There's also a hot version of ravigot sauce, in which the mayo is replaced, at least partially, by a velouté, a fish or chicken stock, stirred into a blonde roux. Galatoire's is the only New Orleans restaurant served a warm ravigot, and it's rather rich. I don't know, I like the cold one better. To me, I have to say, I've said this before, and I really, really do believe this. To my taste, and this is kind of like 
you know, I've got, you know, you have the two hands and you're weighing them. This would be visual for you. Uh, Trout Amandine. Or, and both of these you get at Galatoire's. And you can get them at Arno's and Antoine's, but Galatoire's is far superior. But uh, if I had like a little not a little, like a whole loaf of cap bread with butter and a dish of shrimp remoulade and crab meat ravigot, that would be the quintessential New Orleans meal to me. Or trout amandine. And if I had to pick one or the other of those, I don't know which one it would be. What would it be for you, Patty? Would you would you say that that's a fair assessment of New Orleans food, or do you have another idea? I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment. I think I'd go with the trout. Yeah. Well, they're 50-50. I guess it would depend on how I felt that day, and if I could only yeah. get one, because usually I get both. Well, that's true. <laughs> usually I get both. But, but, you know, just like I was talking about the French, you know, pulling up at a little bakery and getting a loaf of French bread and then going next door and getting a hunk of cheese and walking down the, the beach with a hunk of cheese and some French bread as a meal. That's how I would think of this. That's a meal to me. It's just an appetizer, but it's so much more than that. It really is a, it represents the cuisine to me anyway. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here. I'd love to talk to you about food. At 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Lee Webb from Pomodori, which is a delicious little Italian restaurant that has turned up in Mandeville. And um, we had so much from there. We just kept ordering pizzas, and they're frozen now. And I like going back in the evening when we're not going anywhere rummaging through their uh, offerings and picking out a couple of different kinds. I think the margarita pizza there is the best margarita by a pretty wide margin of any margarita I've ever had anywhere. When you say frozen, you mean you take them home and bake them? Yeah, I take, uh, we, you know, I don't worry about, you know, how we order a lot of things. Like, yeah. it's almost embarrassing because, you know, one and done. <laughs> but, um <laughs> But I ordered three pizzas, and we ate, you know, maybe four slices from all three pizzas. So I took them home, and then I just take a big uh, gallon bag, glad bag, and um, I, you know, kind of separate them. I don't freeze them on top of each other, but, like, I'll put the crust together to make it easier to separate and uh, I freeze them into a bag and just pick out oh, a couple yeah, of pieces yeah, yeah. whenever it's time for a snack or dinner, you know. And so we had the margarita, and there was a white pizza or a quattro formaggios, which is what they call it, and a pepperoni. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I cannot believe I'm saying this. But the pepperoni was my least favorite of the three. And I am a pepperoni pizza kind of girl. From day one, but that's how good the other pizzas were. It's really impressive. I'm, I'm really impressed with this brand new place. Tomorrow, I apologize for two North Shore newbies back to back, but tomorrow we're going to be talking to the Parish Taco guys. There's four of them, and uh, they have 
taken their friendship that I guess started at Oxlot 9. She says, with a tear rolling down her face whenever I remember it, and uh, moved it to Parish Tacos. After spending two years in various other places, they came together again and, oddly enough, chose Mexican. So I'm very curious. It's probably my biggest question for them. Five five six nine six nine six. Patty, I hope this works out. I told them I want to talk to all four of them. So we're going to, you know, just like have them sit around the phone and pick it up whenever one wants to talk, but they can, you know, kind of choose who's going to talk. And let's see if that works out. And if it doesn't, we'll just have one person do the talking for all of them. But I would like to, I, I do specifically want to talk to all four of them. Words to eat by from A.J. Liebling. You know what? I don't have time for one this long. I can do a, a words to drink by from Eddie Condon, an American jazz guitarist, beginning uh, his hangover cure recipe. Take the juice of two quarts of whiskey. <laughs> Gosh, I love those. Uh, news time, Louisiana Radio Network, 3-2-30. We'll be back with more of the food show after this. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Former Republican Congressman John Fleming and Democrat and financial advisor Dustin Granger facing each other in Saturday's state treasurer's election. Fleming says he's looking forward to working with the Landry administration. To help lead the state in a positive way into economic development where we grow our state economy by creating jobs and that way we retain young people. Granger wants to expand the responsibilities of the state treasury. He says he would like to work with insurance commissioner-elect Tim Temple on fixing the state's insurance crisis. We need somebody in there to fight for this. I know insurance. I have an insurance license, so I understand how it works. And we're not doing what it takes to bring prices down. And it's going to get worse. In addition to the treasurer's race, there are two other statewide runoffs, Secretary of State, Attorney General, and four constitutional amendments on Saturday's ballot. Voting begins at 7 a.m. and ends at 8 p.m. Jeff Palermo, Louisiana Radio Network. For 200 years, Louisiana has developed, enjoyed, and benefited from sugarcane production. Sugarcane has enhanced the lives of millions statewide, and it's those same people who make this amazing industry number one. Log on, learn more at lacane.org. Tiger Rag Magazine subscribers are LSU fans in the know. Tiger Rag Magazine gives you exclusive stories, beautiful pictures, and behind-the-scenes insights. Subscribe today and be in the know at TigerRag.com. Hey, Louisiana, how are you stopping litter? In Terrebonne Parish, we put our trash in a bag and never out the car window. In Bienville, we bag it, tie it, and put a lid on it. We keep litter out of our lakes in Lafayette. And in Calcasieu Parish, we keep our roads clean by clearing out our truck beds and securing our loads. We need every person in every parish to stop littering and keep Louisiana beautiful. For more litter prevention tips, visit LetLouisianaShine.org. Sponsored by Louisiana Lieutenant Governor's Office and Keep Louisiana Beautiful. Donate your vehicle and make a difference. WGSO 990 AM has partnered with Charitable Adult Rides and Services, also known as CARS, to allow you the opportunity to donate your car, truck, motorcycle, RV, or boat to our nonprofit organization. You may qualify for a tax deduction while supporting a cause that is near and dear to your heart. Simply go to WGSO.com and follow the link on our homepage. Vehicle donation pickup is always free to you and most vehicles can be picked up within 24 to 72 hours. 
You'll receive an initial car donation receipt upon pickup, and then the CARS team will work to turn your car into cash to support our cause. Once your vehicle is sold, the CARS team will provide you proper tax forms in time to file. Their friendly donor support representatives are available seven days a week to assist throughout the process. Again, for more information, go to WGSO.com. I get misty just holding your hand. Send me these lists. They like to see what I'm going to say about them. And this one, there isn't even all that much to say at all. Uh, but, but they are entertaining. So someone sent me the Bon Appetit Where to Eat in New Orleans list. Are you ready, Patty? I'm ready. Okay. Now, keep in mind that Bon Appetit is the publication that, to me, heralded the 2023. 2023 is going to be my code word for, well, you know what it is. But anyway, uh, for the way things are in 2023. But I actually had a little peek when I was visiting my son and he had a subscription to Bon Appetit, and it had just come in that day, and on the cover was the best restaurant in America right here in New Orleans, and it was Turkey and the Wolf. And we looked at each other <laughs> and scratched our heads, and I just thought, you know what? This is the beginning of something not good. <laughs> This does not portend well for the future. And, of course, here we are. So, Bon Appetit comes back again with the 12 restaurants. Let's see. How, let me see. The, the, the title is the one that I love the most. Where to Eat. The, they had, it was Saveur that had the 12 the twelve restaurants that define New Orleans. <clears throat> This one is where to eat in New Orleans. All right. Addis Ethiopian Kitchen. Guy's Po' Boys. IU Bakehouse. Lily's Cafe. McCarty's Chicken and Fixin'. Mosquito's Supper Club. Pesh, the rabbit's foot. Wait, the rabbit's foot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you know that, Patty? Yeah, do you know that one? It's okay. I don't think it's a restaurant. You, you, we had them on the show when they first opened up. Remember, it's like a um, no. a deli. And it was unforget. It was forgettable yeah. when I forgot it. <laughs> they sell baked goods and they sell sandwiches and stuff, and then they have they sell homemade jellies and jams. Yeah, we didn't say, Patty, that you should take this list seriously. No. <laughs> we just said, here's the list. You know, I no longer take any of these seriously. I, I use them for entertainment. People send them to me to get me worked up, but I find them most entertaining. Yeah. But there you go. If you are coming to New Orleans, this is where you should eat. Addis Ethiopian Kitchen because nothing says New Orleans like Ethiopian. <laughs> really? Guys Po' Boys, IU Bakehouse, 
Lily's Cafe. Do you know that one? It's no. a Vietnamese. I think it's Vietnamese, is it? Um, yes, it is. Uh, I think it's next door to a, a nail shop, and maybe there's a connection there. Um, McCarty's Chicken and Fixins, Mosquito Supper Club, and Pesh, of course, makes all these kinds of lists, and the rabbit's foot. That's it. That's the list for eating in New Orleans, according mm-hmm. to Bon Appetit. But you know who wrote this list? <clears throat> no. Anna Castro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anna Castro uh, herself, wait, she wasn't on Bon Appetit. She I was going to say, is, are any of her restaurants on there? No, 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 but food and wine, she was, it wasn't food and wine, it wasn't Bon Appetit, it was food and wine that chose Turkey and the Wolf as its restaurant of the year. And uh, Anna Castro was last year's or the year before's, anyway, it was the restaurant of the year. And to me, it's, it's an amusing um, connection, which really exemplifies where we are. It's an amusing connection that the best restaurant in America then goes out of business the next year. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the thing that I find amusing about all of these lists. But anyway, that one was, I think, supposed to make my head blow up. But now, like I said, it's just funny. They're just funny. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I would love to talk to you about food. That's what we do here. That's what we do. I'm answering an email from uh, Lee, who's asking me what time to call. So I think I mentioned that. But anyway, uh, at least he has a number. I don't have to type that in. Five five six nine six nine six. Back to the almanac, Patty. Do you ever marvel at? <clears throat> I don't know if you ever read things like this, but I marvel all the time about the way people used to eat way back when, and the amount of food that they ate. I mean, it's like grotesque, you know. Yeah. I'm wondering if. You know, their their 30-year-old lifespan had something to do with how much stuff was in their belly all the time. But here is a words to eat by from A.J. Liebling, an American journalist and gourmet, uh, referring to uh, Marcel Proust, whose birthday it is today. And he says, in the light of what Proust wrote with, a mil- with, a, with so mild a stimulus, it is the world's loss that he did not have a heartier appetite. For those people who are not familiar with this, over a cup of tea and a madeleine, this guy wrote some, I don't know, thousand plus book about a lot of weird stuff in his memory. But anyway... Um, We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But here's what he was wondering why he didn't eat or what he, he was wondering why he didn't eat this. A dozen Gardner's Island oysters, a bowl of clam chowder, a peck of steamers, some bay scallops, three saute, three soft, soft, 
sautéed soft-shell crabs, a few ears of fresh-picked corn, a thin swordfish steak of generous area, a pair of lobster and a Long Island duck. He might have written a masterpiece. That makes me want to hurl just thinking about one-fourth of that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, wow. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I feel like I have eaten an absurd amount of food, and it's just like a plate, and I just can't imagine. And I find that sort of um, list a lot in literature, and I'm thinking it's like... It's a wonder, you know, we talk about sustainability. It's, well, of course, now the population was much smaller back then, but still, that's like a lot of birds and, and fish for one person to eat. That's kind of gross. Anyway, 5569696 five, nine, six, nine, six is the number today, as Tom, or I mentioned, it is uh, Marcel Proust's birthday. He was born on this day. Let me see when, like what year. I have to actually dig a little bit further on this. Well, I'll have to look it up. Anyway, uh, let me tell you about Camellia Beans. Camellia Beans is our local iconic bean company. They've been around 100 years, and we are honored to have them with us on the food show. I was thinking about making a pot of beans yesterday evening, but it was too late. But it just made you want to do that. I just feel like this kind of weather sort of, it behooves you to have a pot of beans on the stove or something that's cooked for a long time. Whether it's beans, you could do peas, you could do lentils. Camellia Beans does all of those. They have 19 different varieties of those. They have been, for the last 100 years, carefully selecting the best farms all over the country to get their beans, peas, and lentils. They are shipped down here after being carefully selected and then reselected to go into the bags that you find on the supermarket shelf. You can find some varieties, some of their products, uh, at each store around town, but you can't find all of them at the same time. So in order to find out where you want to get whatever it is that you want to get, you have to go to their website, CamelliaBrand.com. CamelliaBrand.com not only has a store locator that will be very helpful to you, but They have videos, they have pretty pictures, a little history of the products, they have history of the company, family lore, they have cooking tips, well, we have recipes too, of course, but it's a fun, fun website, CamelliaBrand.com. Don't forget, if you need beans, 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 peas, and lentils, go no further than Camellia Beans. Happy anniversary to them, 100 years. We'll be back with more of the Food Show after this. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The Steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 
985-845-9940. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. All right, we are back. 556-9696. Patty, I had some of those Creole tomatoes this morning. Not this morning, today, for the first time since what? We went Saturday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm not real... We don't do a lot of eating here, but anyway, uh, they were really good. I I was thinking that my daughter was going to be right that they were mealy, but in fact, you are correct. They are delicious. They, they were are delicious. not. They're you know I don't think they're as good as the Creole tomatoes I remember from growing up. Do you think they are? I mean, well, really? I didn't eat them when I was a kid. So uh, when did you start eating them? You know, like how long? Probably is- just in the last ten years. Okay, then then I don't know that you have experience with the Creole tomatoes that we're thinking of because they were big, they were gnarly, well, in the, they were in juicy, the, they the were sweet. they're bigger. These, these are the number two Creoles. They're smaller, but okay. uh, they, they do have the bigger ones in the regular Creole season. Okay, know, well, I've I'm going to have to one make every day for lunch. And have you? I just okay. Love them. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to go and get them in the summertime mm-hmm. because these are small. Yeah. But they're they're not uh, they're not what I expected. They're not mealy, like she said. They're not. They're good. They're very good. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're sweet. You know, they they yeah. definitely. Uh, you hear about tomatoes and the fact that they're a fruit and then you know but you know them as a vegetable but they are really quite sweet they're quite sweet i mean they're not sweet like a fruit like i wouldn't right (laughs) i wouldn't choose a tomato over satsuma if i'm looking for fruit but it is a very it's it's quite sweet yeah i thought i think they're delicious just a little salt and pepper is all i put on them and they're delicious and that's what you had for lunch Mm -hmm. well patty you ought to be getting skinny are you I'm working on it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at the okra last night, which are still sitting there waiting for me to do something. So I asked my daughter what the recipe was for pickling. And she said, well, I don't remember what it was. And I went, oh, come on, you don't? She said, well, no, I just kind of looked it up online and just picked out a few things and made my own recipe that way and I was I kept trying to have her you know kind of goad her into saying well I'll just go ahead and do it but she didn't yeah that's what it sounds like (laughs) she said she said too much experience with me like the muse you know (laughs) when I say we I mean you she's had too much experience with that she is not biting on it so I'm gonna have to pick all the gosh darn things myself and so I have to go and get somehow I have to I I really do have to do that this evening because they're not going to be good after long I mean they're starting to get I can't I can't decide if you're supposed to parboil them before you start pickling them because they really are hard I looked online yesterday for a couple of after we talked oh you want to pickle them none no (laughs) but none of them said anything about parboiling them oh really Mm -hmm. so you just do them raw okay you do Mm. and and you don't do the big ones they said you do like medium size well these are big I wonder what that means now I'll tell you the truth I I the recipe that I saw it said do only baby okra but the okra that I have gotten in the is it Tiffy's 
I think those are really, really good. And uh, those aren't small. They're not little yeah, baby no. okras. And the kind you buy in the jar already pickled are not small. Yeah, they're not. Well, I mean, they're not big. No, but they're, but they're not, not baby. small. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, I don't know what a baby okra looks like, although I should because I had okra on a tree for the longest time. It finally died, by the way. That that bush. Fi- oh, it wasn't yeah. a bush. It was. Yeah, it finally did. I mean, I feel like after it produces it's destined to die although i don't know maybe not because i had it for two i had it for two harvests i think well whatever it's gone it's gone so um i may let some of these go to seed and then really get serious about a crop of okra for the summer or spring or whenever it is that it uh that it happens. Today in 1913, oh, it's not Marcel Proust's birthday. His first volume of uh, Remembrance of Things Past was published. Apparently there's more than one volume. The whole work was inspired by a flood of memories Proust experienced when he ate a Madeleine cookie with a cup of tea, hot tea. The first-person protagonist has a very disturbed mind, Tom says, but the language and insights are incomparable. Well, it is supposed to be quite the masterpiece uh, without all of the things that he had to eat, according to that other guy. Let's see. Pilgrim settlers of the British colonies in North America, Tom is always mystified by. They were always hungry. The oysters and lobsters alone should have taken care of them. See, that's what he's saying, exactly the same thing that we're saying. In any case, the pilgrims led by Miles Standish were on the verge of starvation on this date in 1620 when they uncovered a cache of corn. It had been hidden on what became known as Corn Hill by a tribe of Native Americans. Oh, the corn got the pilgrims through the winter in Provincetown, allowing them to live to discover Turkey the following year. Yeah. Well, we won't go into all of that sort of thing here on the Food Show. It's National Fast Food Day. Would love to hear from, well, anyone, actually, about their fast food proclivities. I don't know that many people in this audience eat fast food, although... I think you would be surprised by some of them. I mean, I know people who eat a lot of fast food, and I don't understand why. But I started to say I used to swing in and get takeout and consider that fast food. I did literally have to get out of the car. But I do that at Popeye's anyway. Do you always go through the drive-in, Patty, at Popeye's, or do you tend to get out of the car? No, the drive-in I always get out so of the long. car because... It's too long. And, and because I like long. to check it because... What do you mean? Often it's... I, I only like white meat, and often it's not really what I ordered. <laughs> mm, and I hate okay. to find that out when I get home, so I usually check it before I leave. Oh, huh, okay. Wait, so you only eat white meat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do they make a lot of mistakes? Patty, you're going to the wrong Popeyes. What's the deal with your Popeyes? Oh, uh, I, no, I went to, <laughs> I go to different ones now. But uh, as a matter of fact, we went to one uh, 
night uh, over the weekend, and the biscuit was delicious. So I think it's the uh, one okay. on veterans where it's bad. But it's, I, you know, I've, I just find that with fast food in general, there's a comedian that has a bit about it, and he said he walks into a fast food place and says, "Just give me whatever you want me to have, because that's what you're going to give me anyway." And really, I mean, I mean like hamburgers. You know, I, I'm you mean like even the order is wrong. Yeah, this would mean you know, like I'll order it without mayo, a hamburger, and it'll come with mayo oh. and onions. Oh. Or I'll go to Popeye's and order an all-white, and I'll get a drumstick and a thigh, you know. And it's like, I don't like that, you know. So I well, check it before. I, I'm, I'm just picky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's you're entitled. All right. Uh, going into the weekend, it is leek and potato soup on Saturday. So maybe I'll have some of that. Uh, is Saturday supposed to be better Patty, the, the weather. Do you check yeah, the weather? Yeah, it's supposed to be weather. It's supposed to be better tomorrow because it's not raining right now. It's gloomy, but yeah, it's not it's raining. It's gloomy right here now. too, but it's not raining. But it's supposed yeah. to be pretty, the weather on the weekend. It's supposed okay. to be like nice. Pretty as in pretty and cold, or pretty as no, in cool. pretty and not so cold? Like, nice. Not so cold, but nice. uh, it's supposed Good. to be sunny. But then uh, I think we got more weather coming in next week. I think Thanksgiving is supposed to be cold. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that weekend is going to be not so good weather? Well, I think it's going to be pretty, but it's going to be chilly. Uh, okay. Oh, well. Leek and potato soup. I like that. Do you like potato soup? I like potato soup. I don't like leek and potato soup so well. I don't think I like so well. leek and potatoes, no. Well, it's just onions. It's. Uh, have you ever worked with leeks? Have you ever? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to for a second. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Leeks are for gourmets, Patty. You have to really, really work them hard. Yeah, I remember no, I Tom had a leek moment, and we were doing leeks. And one of the things that he said about it was that if you were going to cook, you had to really, really be careful with leeks and make sure that you separated the leaves and washed all the sand out of it. Because they were really, really dirty, and there was no way to avoid that. No, that does not. And I thought, sound appetizing. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, that's a lot of work. Can't you just you use know? onions? <laughs> well, you know, they have a very distinctive yeah, flavor. They I mean, they all yeah. do have a very distinctive flavor. But this, Tom was doing leeks when he was into his five onion yeah. soup. Was it five onions or seven onions? I think it was seven onions. I think it was seven. Do you remember? Do you remember Tom's charity? situation his little when he was doing the dinners for charity maybe that predates you i don't think so yeah yeah that might that might predate you because he had this time when the kids were little when it started at delmonico and the miss rose and angie version not the emeralds version the old delmonico before emerald took it over and i think that was in 2000 so this goes back to the late 90s so he was doing this in the late 90s and he would go into a kitchen operated by a friend who was amenable to the idea and on a night that they were closed he would host a charity dinner but he would do the cooking too oh no i didn't no it was very nice yeah and it was really successful and poor tom i i wonder how he survived it because he's not the personality to work or i should say he's not the temperament to command a lot of people in a kitchen 
and to remember a lot of things. You know what I mean? It's like everybody has a skill set. Okay. So this is our skill set, but don't like, <laughs> I talk about mise en place, you know, and we're not mise en place people. So anyway, it was really stressful for him to do this, but he did it for years. And it was a really nice run. But the first one he did was at Demonico. And I, I don't know when he got into the seven onion soup as a course, but it's a really good recipe. It's in nomenu.com. And it is seven different onions. It starts with an oxtail uh, broth. Have you ever had oxtail, Patty? You see it now. I see it now. No, I'm, I don't think I've ever I'm had waiting it. for oxtails to become the next short ribs. Short ribs, yeah. Yeah. Because oxtails are yummy. And they make a really intensely flavored broth. But whenever we would do this soup, I would sit there nibbling on the oxtail meat, which was pretty concentrated and as good as any boiled beef brisket I've ever had. And I've been wondering why they haven't, it hasn't clicked over into a gourmet item, but I am seeing oxtails on menus now, but not to the extent that you see short ribs. Maybe it's just starting, you know, but anyway, I would start with the oxtail broth and the seven different onions included leeks. Yeah. I looked at this recipe one time and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually divine. Oh, I'm sure Tom's seven onion soup for the next hot day that you have. I highly recommend it because we were doing it at home for a while just because it was really great. And then you have a toast with some Gruyere on top. And then you put it, oh, it's so good, really. I mean, it's like as good as any onion soup I've ever had. And I don't, generally speaking, care for onion soups in restaurants. The one exception to that, oddly enough, is on the uh, Carnival Conquest, <laughs> which which in their upscale restaurant, you know, the, the extra one for the extra money, uh, they had an onion soup that I think is the standard bearer to me, in my, to my taste, for all subsequent onion soups. Loved, loved, loved it. Very intense, very dark, really good. Anyway, uh, we got way off the subject on leeks, but uh, leek and potato soup, probably, Patty, certainly for you, is not as good as uh, a baked potato with cheddar cheese soup. There's some really good ones out That's there. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a supermarket chain in California called Vons, and it's also Safeway in the Northeast, and they have a really great uh, potato, baked potato with cheddar soup. Also, I think La Madeline has a pretty good one, although I haven't oh, yeah, been to La do. Madeline in a really long time. And the one on, in Mandeville, I don't know what happened to it, but it somehow derailed. I'll go to the one in Metairie. All right, that is it for this hour. WGSO New Orleans, USA Network News Time, 3 o'clock. 
USA News, I'm John Schaefer. In the San Francisco trial concerning the assault on Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer, David DePap has been found guilty. Prosecutors say the Democratic Congresswoman was the intended target of the attack last year, but as she was not at home, the assailant went after Paul Pelosi instead. DePap admitted to the assault and offered an apology when testifying on Tuesday. If convicted on federal charges, DePap could face life in prison, and he still awaits a second trial on state charges. Israeli forces have reported that a hostage abducted by Hamas, Yehudit Weiss, has been found dead in a structure near Gaza's main hospital. Weiss was taken from her home on October 7th during Hamas' attack on Israel. Medical personnel identified her body and her family was informed of her death Thursday. Additionally, Israeli forces discovered weapons and grenades in the same structure where her body was found. President Biden maintains his belief that Chinese President Xi Jinping is a dictator. When questioned about whether he would continue using the term after a significant meeting with the Chinese leader in San Francisco, Biden affirmed his stance. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is the guy who runs a country that is a communist country based on a government totally different than ours. Earlier this year, Biden faced criticism from Beijing for referring to Xi as a dictator. A pro-Palestinian protest on San Francisco's Bay Bridge disrupted traffic for most of the morning, but some lanes are now beginning to reopen. Hundreds of protesters had chained themselves to cars, displaying signs calling for an end to military aid to Israel with message like, stop the genocide. The officers we did have on the bridge, they got in front of them and they slowed them down, making again our job more difficult, impacting public safety and impacting people's lives. What these protesters have done again is unacceptable. Chief Ezri Bochamp with the California Highway Patrol says police began arresting the protesters. This is USA News. Are you nearly maxed out on your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-475-7125. 800-475-7125. That's 800-475-7125. Protest organizers outside the Democratic National Committee headquarters claim that 90 demonstrators sustained injuries in clashes with police. Members of the Ceasefire Now coalition accused Capitol Police of using force without warning during the Wednesday night protest, where hundreds had gathered to demand a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. The largest ever grab of counterfeit goods in U.S. history took place in New York City. Federal authorities say they found fake handbags, shoes, and other luxury items valued at more than $1 billion in a storage unit in New York City. Two men were charged with trafficking those goods between January and October of this year and could face up to 10 years in prison if convicted. I'm Corey Myers. Following the release of a damning report by the House Ethics Committee, New York Congressman George Santos has announced that he will not seek re-election. The committee, in agreement, accused the embattled congressman of significant wrongdoing and... 
Well, the winds are coming down and the rain is pulling out. Just clouds should linger through the course of the day. Up spritz here or there is a possibility, but mostly drying out completely, although the clouds still hang around through tonight. 60s today, dropped to lows tonight of low 60s. Partly sunny Friday starting the weekend. The weak front coming down is going to restore some lower humidity for the weekend. Tomorrow, low 70s. Saturday, mid-70s, sunshine. It's chillier 50s all areas in the morning Sunday. Sanji, WGSO. It's the big two-day winter public live auction. At Henderson Auctions, we'll be selling sleepers, daycasts, service trucks, flatbeds, buses, trailers, containers, farm tractors, farm implements, pickups, autos, ATVs, UTVs, campers, boats, and more. Thursday, December 7th, Friday, December 8th, beginning 9 a.m. Preview Wednesday, December 6th, 9 to 4. At Henderson Auctions, two-day winter public auction in Livingston, Louisiana. Get more info and directions. Click HendersonAuctions.com. This is license number 80-459. Well, Hello there. It is time now for hour number two of the food show or the second course, as we like to say. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and this is the time when we usually have a guest, and that guest today is Lee Webb. He is the proprietor of a very cute, and I don't mean to say cute in a cutesy way, a cute new restaurant in Mandeville. Uh, called Pomodori, and it's uh, quite delicious. And he's a first-time restaurateur, which I find really interesting. Hi there. Hello. So there are so many people who are cooking for their neighbors and their friends, and they're very good, and everyone loves what they do, and they're very happy to come over to their house because it's delicious, and the neighbors and friends are always saying that they should open a restaurant, but 99.9% don't, and you did. Why is that? Uh, that's a crazy question. We've uh, we tried a couple of times. It didn't work out, and... I told my wife at one point I may put my pizza in the right mouth, and that's really what happened. I so, fed the right person, and uh, the rest is history. Well, so you you fed the right person. What does that mean? Because well, I know I that I have a silent partner. And I so, see. Okay. Um, okay. Right. So he asked if I wanted to open a restaurant. I said, "Let's do it." And okay. All right. So you have a cushion, which is what a lot of people don't have, and that makes you more inclined to to do it. And I think it's going to be very successful. I think it's really delicious. The You said you tried it a few times before. Where did you try it, and what happened, and how long did they last? Well, I served pizza and slotted out the wine garden briefly, and it was more at a hobby level. We were just putting our toe in the water to see if we liked it, and I think we left a vacuum when we left there. And I almost moved to Houston to open a place in the woodlands. And mm-hmm. I think it was, was Hurricane Hugo. What was the last storm to hit Hurricane uh, Houston, rather? Uh, um, Harvey. Harvey. Right. Yeah, Hurricane Harvey hit right as we were tr- planning the move. And mm-hmm. it would have been a terrible time to move to Houston to open a restaurant. So yeah. that's why that didn't happen. 
I see. Well, I think that was like a long, that was probably what, seven, six or seven years ago. So, um, so you still kept thinking about it, kept gnawing at you. Did you have another job? Were you doing something else or had you retired or what? Uh, no, I was in the lumber business for a very long time. Mm, okay. So completely, completely different. And this was just something that you love to do on your own. So, why pizza? Like, was that your, what, when did your love affair with pizza get started? Uh, I had one of my customers, a fellow named Mark Landrum, introduce me to brick ovens. And I was hooked. It, it, it once started as a passion, then a hobby, and then a complete obsession. <laughs> Do you have a brick oven at your home in Slidell? I have several. Oh, well, okay. I have a brick oven and I have a portable oven, but I've had I many see. ovens. I see. Okay. <laughs> and so did you learn about brick ovens and this person, Landrum? I think you have a pizza named after him, do you? I do. Yeah, As okay. I observed him, yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. And so, because I was wondering what the source of that name was. So the brick oven was sort of a, uh, the liaison between That was either you... not verified or missing important information, keeping Hello? your customers from finding What happened, Patty? You. Press one now so we can verify your Google business. If okay. you're the business owner. Uh, Patty? Is that, who is this? Who is that? Was some cross, that, that was a cross uh, call. Sorry. Okay. That's right. okay. I'm still here. Okay. So, um, I assume that the brick oven and this Landrum fellow, uh, you crossed paths through your construction business. Yes. Okay. All right. And so you started cooking with a brick oven. So you put the wood in there and do you have, did you get them imported from Italy or did you construct it based on, you know, construction techniques that you looked up or what? The oven? Yeah. The oven. Uh, I, bought, I bought a kit from a company called Formal Bravo in California. I see. And okay. I just uh, I built it from a kid in my backyard. Oh, all right. And so what's it, what's it, it's bricks? Is it, I guess a brick oven, it's bricks, huh? Um, actually, the dome for this oven is one piece, and the material they use called a refractory, which is a special concrete that generally contains steel fibers for heat retention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I most see. of the big ones are bricks. Uh-huh. But they're made from a refractory brick. I see. Okay. And so you have several of them. And which one do you prefer? I mean, they're all different or they all turn out the same kind of pizza? Or what are the nuances from the different ovens? In case anybody wants to get a brick oven kit and do it at home. I think the, once you dial your dough in, the pizza will come out the same from any oven. Ah, well, okay. once you learn to cook. Yeah, it's all in the dough. Uh, I, I can't blame the oven. I put my dough in all three ovens, and I'm going to give you the same pizza. Okay. I love your dough, by the way. Uh, it's one of the most distinctive things about your place, and we'll talk about you know Neapolitan versus New York and what I call the hybrid pizza in just a second. But I also noticed an association on your menu with Polly G, so tell me about that. <laughs> well, uh- We've been Facebook friends, so to speak, for quite some time, and anyone that's in the pizza world knows who Paulie G is. Mm-hmm. He is a somebody in the pizza world. Well, <clears throat> we became friends, and he, he comes to New Orleans to visit. He's always here for Jazz Fest, 
and we had dinner in a French Quarter last year, and, you know, he, he rocks a pizza in his menu called the Hellboy. And I, I've been making that pizza so long, and I asked him, I said, man, I really want to rock this pizza. And he said, mm-hmm. no, be careful, it's trademarked. I've trademarked the Hellboy. I said, well, can I just name it after you? He said, fine, just name it after me. And so that's <laughs> so what, what we did. So what is the we pizza? It's, so it's the Hellboy, it's, but it's not called the Hellboy. What is it? It's the red tomato sauce with a sopressata picante, and it's finished post-oven with a hot honey. Mm, okay. All right. So you have a pretty extensive menu, I would say, of pizza. How did you develop this dough that you just referred to? Because it's good. Just time, trial and error. Eating mm-hmm. a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Is pizza your favorite food? I have Is the it... fattest catahoula in Louisiana. You can't see her ribs <laughs> because she's eating more corn and choney. My dogs eat more pizza than most people. Is uh, is pizza your favorite food? No. I was about to say, if you said yes, I was going to say, and it's still your favorite food. So it's not your favorite food. What is your favorite food, out of curiosity? Soft-shell crab is my favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, you can always do a soft-shell crab pizza at some point. I think that would be interesting for sure. But these pizzas are pretty much, I won't say straight ahead Italian, but they pretty much are. I have something that I really want to talk to you about this ricotta business, which is fascinating to me. But let's talk about the dough first. And and I just have a minute or two, and then we have to take a break. But tell me how you developed the dough. You just, by trial and error, but you recognized immediately that the dough was central to the good pizza. It is. Yeah, and that's why the margarita is my favorite pizza because it's my favorite pizza. I'm gonna tell you what your margarita is my favorite margarita I've ever had, and I have had margaritas all over the world, and I it's outstanding. It's outstanding. I'm really I take pride in that pizza. There's only four ingredients on the whole uh-huh. pizza, uh-huh. so every ingredient has to be perfect. It's, if one it's, is wrong, it's not a great margarita. It is terrific. We're going to come back and talk more about your margarita pizza, about your dough, and about the whole menu uh, after this. We'll be back with more of the food show and Lee Webb. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. I want to mention that Mandeville Seafood is taking orders for Thanksgiving and for all the holidays coming up. So starting with Thanksgiving, it's quite an extensive menu, and I will mention it in a little while. But right now we are talking to Lee Webb from Pomodori, which is a delicious little Italian uh, restaurant that turned up in Mandeville. 
and uh, I'm very excited about it. So I was really, really impressed with your pizza crust, which I would not describe as a Neapolitan, nor would I describe it as a New York, but I would say it takes elements out of both, and it's a terrific pizza crust. Would you, is that fair to say? Is he there? Hello? Hello? Oh, I didn't hear anything. Okay. Did you hear that question? I did. My answer was, it it is a hybrid, because Mm -hmm. I think Neapolitan pizza, Mm -hmm. it only cooks in 60 seconds. It's very pillowy and soft, and no one in America can get used to eating pizza with a knife and a fork. And so I was determined (laughs) to make sure that the pizza had structure to be able to hold whatever we put on it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like, I would say that you have, okay, so Neapolitan pizza has a wide rim and a flaccid middle and delightful little pockets of char on the crust. And a New York pizza has a thinner rim. It has a substantially stronger heft to the middle and not necessarily any char on it. And yours combines kind of all of those, except, thank God, not the flaccid crust. <laughs> well, the New York style uses a different flour, mm-hmm. which has a little bit higher uh, uh, higher glutens. And so mm-hmm. it, it, I find it a little bit chewier uh, mm-hmm. than what we're using. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for that that light, airy crunch with every bite with a nice, moist crumb. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have. I think you have a, a terrific crust. I really, really love it. So the margarita is like your, it's like your, your special child, your favorite. It is. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's really true. I was not expecting to be blown away by it because generally speaking, I'm not a margarita girl. I'm a pepperoni girl. Uh, but there's so much on your menu that I want to get through. So tell me about the ricotta. It's an odd thing. I've only seen it one other place. It was in Los Angeles. And I didn't know what you were talking about or what the waitress was talking about when she asked about ricotta. What's the deal with the little dollops of ricotta? We uh, incorporated that into the pepperoni pizza as a palate cleanser. And so the, the fats in the ricotta will help strip away the grease from the pepperonis, mm-hmm. and it adds just a delicious, uh, it lends more dairy flavor to the mozzarella, hmm. and I just found that it works. It's just what I call an adult pepperoni pizza. Well, where did you like see that? Or, I mean, uh, I, like, how would you think about that, or where did you, did you see it somewhere? <clears throat> I really don't remember. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, I'm self-taught. Um, yeah, I'm sure I picked it up somewhere, and we've eaten a lot of pizza in my backyard. And, <laughs> well, but that's that's where it all started. So, well, I just want you to know that just uh, by just thought or self-taught or whatever, you have. Uh, that in common with only one other place I've ever eaten pizza, and I've eaten a lot of pizza, and it's all the way in California. I thought it was a very unusual thing. It's it's quite unusual as a presentation, and um, 
And I just was very curious about it. I, I'm really happy to, that you don't, but you don't only, you don't only do the ricotta on the pepperoni. I also had it on the quattro formaggio. So she asked if I wanted it. And I, I, I got to tell you, I didn't know what she was talking about. I'd only seen soft ricotta one time previously on a bolognese sauce in the middle. And I thought you were going to have it in the middle. And when it came with all these little, you know, mounds of ricotta, I thought, this is weird. Uh, personally, I wouldn't get it again. But um, I thought it was unusual to see it. And I, I thought I had never seen it before until I was flipping... I don't know, I guess about a week ago, through some pictures for an Instagram post, and I saw another pizza like that. But it was a year and a half ago, and I had it in California. I didn't remember it. So do you offer it on all pizzas? Is it only on some pizzas, or how does it work? Well, we offer it on a couple, but you can order it all to be put on anything. And I found the combination of things that people are going to, order are just crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the pizzas on our menu are just base pizzas. Yeah. It's a starting point for some people. Uh -huh. They'll the, the vegetable pizza and load it up with proteins. Uh -huh. It's crazy. <laughs> so we let them do what they want. People are going to eat what they want to eat. Uh, the, rule, the, the first rule of thumb with any business, I think, ought to be give the people what they want. And when you stop doing that, that's when you get into trouble. So uh, some of the pizzas have unusual names, and I just would like you to go through some of your favorites or maybe house favorites and w the unusual ones. Um, I think the Pomodori is real close to... I modeled this pizza. There's a guy in Brooklyn named uh, Mark Iacona. He owns a pizzeria called Lucali. Mm -hmm. And just it's basically a, a margarita on steroids. It's got whole milk mozzarella. It's got buffalo mozzarella. And then we put roasted tomatoes on it. And of course, mm -hmm. it's finished with aged Parmesan and basil. Mm -hmm. um, just the, the combination of the three cheeses makes this pizza special. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the tastier ones on the menu, but that's just my opinion. You know, one of the things I loved about your place, in addition to the hybrid crust, was that I didn't see buffalo milk mozzarella anywhere because I really don't like it. And I, I just really like, you know, good old-fashioned American whole milk mozzarella and uh, all the pizzas came with that. So it is in the house. There is mozzarella de buffalo in the house. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it's in house. <laughs> okay. So I know I know I have to be careful not to order it. All right. So tell me about the Landrum. What is that? That's our take on sausage, peppers, and onions pizza. Okay. Um, so sausage, peppers, and onions is classic, right? Yeah. And really, we were for me it is. As a sandwich. Right. We were going to serve it as a sandwich. All right. Well, uh -huh. what if we put this on a pizza? So yeah. Really, that's um. That was my, my chef, Mike DeGavid, is with me, and that was really his idea to try it on a pizza. Uh -huh. And I said, you know what, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to name after my friend Mark, and so I named it the Landrum. <laughs> but we well, it sounds like he started this whole thing. I'm sorry, what? Go ahead. Well, we, we grind our fennel sausage in-house. It's all made mm -hmm. fresh. And uh, I knew I wanted to name one after him, and so this is the one. And it is my second best-selling pizza. 
Okay. Well, that's the next one I'm going to get. I'm still working my way through the three pizzas that we bought. Because whenever we go, we just order a lot of things. And then, especially if it's pizza, it's easy. You just put it in the freezer and eat it, you know, for whenever you need something for dinner. So I'm going through it. But I, I am just really delighted every time I do that at how really great this pizza is. And so um, I'm going to have to come back in and, and have that um, Landrum. What else is a popular one? The pepperoni, hands down, is my biggest seller. Is it? Okay. It's, I mean, nothing even comes close in terms of really? numbers. It, huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's my least favorite pizza. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I like your pepperoni. It tends to be the small kind, which I say, and I don't say this in any critical way. It's actually a really, it's a really favorite feature when the pepperoni um, makes like a little cup with grease in the middle. I like that. I take the grease out, but I do like that kind of um, pepperoni in particular. So, and there's a lot of it. You're very generous with the pepperoni and it's, it's good. And I, I won't be distracted next time by the ricotta cause I'm not going to do it again. So I have to try the pepperoni and I, I will definitely get the Landrum. What else is uh, a favorite of yours? The jalapeno popper. It's, okay. it's, it smells better than any pizza coming out of the oven between the jalapenos and the bacon. It's, hmm. um, it's just pure comfort food. Okay. All right. That sounds like another interesting one to try. You have some other things on the menu, too. What uh, I, I You have salads. I didn't look at salads. I don't bother with salads when I go to a place like yours. But um, what, what are some of the other popular sellers you have? Well, I think I fried mozzarella. Uh, our fried mozzarella is very popular. We we pull our mozzarella for that dish fresh every morning. We make the breadcrumbs that it's battered in. We make the sauce that it swims in. All thing I don't do is grow the basil. And <laughs> everyone that eats it just seems to love it. Okay. I'm not a fried cheese kind of person, although I know that a lot of people really do like that. Uh, we had we had a pasta dish. I don't remember what it was, but it was the shells, and it was uh, it was a nice ragu. I thought it was good. It's good. I think your place is really good. I'm really excited that it's there. Are you doing well? It's picking up every day. We're, yeah. we're in our seventh week of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for somebody that's been around for seven weeks, we're very fortunate. <laughs> the reception we received in Vanderbilt. Uh, it's uh, it's quite good. I'm sure you're going to do very well. So was it terrifying, or are you just, it looks to me like you've been doing this forever. I mean, it's only been seven weeks, but you seem to have uh, a lot of confidence, and uh, it looks like you've been doing it, like I said. Uh, you know, not a newbie. Yeah, I find some pizza places that pop up. The people didn't decide what they were going to cook until they signed the lease. And uh-huh. so they said, oh, we're going to pick pizza because it's profitable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been making pizza for almost 10 years. And mm-hmm. so then I bumbled to the surface with a place, and this is what happened. Yeah. And it's my first restaurant. Hopefully it's not my last one. <laughs> well, I tell you, I'm always, uh, I find it fascinating to see who works and who doesn't work. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the one in every 200 restaurants makes it five years. Um, but 
some wildly successful restaurants are uh, operated by people who just said, you know what, I'm going to open a restaurant and voila. And so I feel like that about yours. I think you have a really good product and I think um, it's going to be good. I'm excited for you. That's why I wanted to have you. That's why I wanted to have you on because I thought, you know, I went into the to have some uh, pizza. I was told that you were open. I'd kind of been watching it, and then uh, we get a lot of emails after shows, and someone sent an email saying that a foodie friend of theirs went in and thought it was very good. And I thought, okay, well, that's it. I'm going in to try it, and I was powerfully impressed. So I wish you the best of luck, and you will definitely be seeing us soon after my bag o pizza. In the freezer runs out. I'm going to come in and have the landrum. <laughs> and probably another margarita. And I'm telling you, that is quite a compliment because I am not a margarita kind of girl. And that is some kind of delicious margarita. I got to say, I was really blown away by it. Anyway, thanks well, for being with us. Thank you. Appreciate I'm glad it. Glad you enjoy it. Thanks for having us. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, All right. Thanks. That is a yummy little place in Mandeville called Pomodori. And uh, it is in that area of the shopping uh, strip mall where the old Roma pizza was. There is absolutely no connection between them at all. It was a delicious New York pizza that Roma was. This is that hybrid pizza. Uh, but it's the best hybrid pizza I know of. And it's, like I said, the best margarita anywhere, including Naples. So tell so, me what's on a margarita pizza. I never order it because it doesn't have meat on it. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, that's why I don't either. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this, I, I do think this pizza, like I will order this margarita again. It was that good. It's just red sauce. Sometimes you'll see tomato, but this was red sauce, cheese, and basil basil leaves, and that was okay. It. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was just it was just really that good. I don't know what it is about the sauce, the cheese he uses, or the combination, but I loved this margarita. And uh, I never say that. I never say it. All right. It is 3.30. It's time for the news from Louisiana, Louisiana Radio, Network. Radio Network. I'm Tico Fox. Saturday is election day and among the statewide races is the runoff for treasurer. Republican John Fleming says his combined experience as a family physician, business owner, former member of Congress and tenure in the Trump administration makes him the better choice for the office. He says the role of the treasurer is to protect taxpayers' money. We have a budget of about $60 billion a year, and we need to be sure that that money is properly invested, that we get good return on investment. His opponent is Democrat Dustin Granger, a small business owner and financial advisor. Granger says for too long, Louisiana has cut investments in people, health, education, and infrastructure. And we give away all our resources to big corporations. And, you know, corporate lobby controls our state governments, controls our legislature. It's time that we have somebody that will fight back against that. Voting begins at 7 a.m. and ends at 8 p.m. LRN. Season's greetings from the Louisiana Lottery. It's a flurry of fun this holiday season with holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Give the perfect holiday gift with $1 So Much Fun and unwrap up to $500. 
Tis the season to celebrate by picking up $2 Snow Much Cash loaded with gifts of $50. Win up to $10,000. Finally, stuff your stockings with $5 Snow Me the Money and a jolly old top prize of $100,000. Get your flurry of fun on this season. Pick up Snow Much Fun, Snow Much Cash, and Snow Me the Money today. Win up to $100,000. Play all three holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Louisiana Lottery, giving you a season to smile. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Does your business need help with print, signs, or marketing? Partner with Sir Speedy. We have more than 50 years of know-how and a proven track record that goes into every project. Our specialists will work with you on everything from print collateral and direct marketing campaigns to signage both indoor and outdoor. Call Sir Speedy and let us know how we can help at 504-586-9812 or visit us online at sirspeedyneworleans.com. Sir Speedy, if you need it, we do. It. What does grace mean to you? At Grace at the Green Light, a 501c3 nonprofit, we believe that everyone deserves a hot meal, clean drinking water, a welcoming community, and a chance to go home again. You can help create a new home and hope for those who need it most. To see how, visit our website at graceatthegreenlight.org. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Alrighty, five five six nine six nine six is the number. So, Patty, the next time you're over on my side, you'll have to go swing by and try the margarita and see if it changes your mind about margarita. I want to try that Landrum. That sounds good. Yeah, it did. They're making their own fennel sausage, which is, of course, all the rage. Fennel sausage is, you don't see anything other than fennel sausage now, but I happen to love fennel sausage, so that works. Uh, but pepperoni, fennel, sausage, and onion, that sounds really, really good. I'm telling you, it is. It's That's some good pizza. Good, good pizza. Basic Quattro Formaggio was really, really good. I, I definitely need to go back and eat my way through that menu. <clears throat> Speaking of delicious, Mandeville Seafood is doing a big catering menu for Thanksgiving. And I asked Will to join us, and he's always really, really busy. I mean, he's always really, really busy. He was a gigantic party of some kind. So I don't know that he'll, he'll be with us today. I don't know that he'll be with us tomorrow, but it is getting close to Thanksgiving. So I told him I would mention this because I, I really want to. So if you are looking still for Thanksgiving and don't want to do it yourself, there are, I mean, I, I, I'm reading through this. I, I really want it. It's a whole roasted turkey and a spiral ham, which are, you know, expected. There's an oyster dressing. Do you do oyster dressing for Thanksgiving, Patty? You know, I just... You don't uh, do oysters. Uh, I, no, I'm gonna. I uh, I just tracked down my mother's recipe um, from my niece who got it from my sister who was her mother-in-law. And uh, I'm gonna try it this weekend and see. Uh, we're, we're not gonna eat at home for Thanksgiving, but I'm probably gonna try it on Friday and see. Cause my, but my mother's oyster dressing she made with rice. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, so what is it? Was it fried oysters first? No, or no, was it... it's, it's um, you know, you start with the Trinity and, and yeah. a, a, I think 
there was a lot of green onions and there was a lot of parsley. And you mince the mm-hmm. oysters and cook it all. What? Wait. Oh, really? Yeah. Chop up the oh. oysters and cook okay. it all in the onions and bell pepper and everything. Uh-huh. And then add cooked rice. Put it in uh-huh. a pan. Put a little um, Italian breadcrumbs on top and put uh-huh. it in the oven just to warm it up. Uh-huh. So I'm going to try it. It looks pretty Wait. easy. Okay. So... Is that something that you ate? Because you're not an oyster eater. I like did that. not eat it when I was a kid, okay, but when so I got older, now. I liked it. And okay. I, uh, I'm one of those people that Tom used to fuss at that I didn't get my mother's recipe yeah. before it was too late. But uh, I, uh, I emailed, uh, yeah, I emailed my niece, and she got it from. And it's really kind of cool because she sent me a picture of the recipe that my sister wrote out. My sister uh, passed a couple of years yeah. ago, so. It was, it's nice. So I'm going to try it, except I'm cut it in half. I mean, she's okay. got five and a half cups of rice. I mean, that could feed your family. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm going to okay. try cutting it in half and see what happens. Okay. okay. All right. Well, back to this. They have, for dressings, they have oyster dressing at Mandeville Seafood, shrimp and merloton dressing. That sounds good. Yeah, that does. Apple undewy cornbread dressing. Also sounds really good. Baked macaroni, crab meat au gratin. They have corn and crab soup. They have, um, you know what, stuffed, oh no, I'm sorry, seafood gumbo. I'm sitting in the dark, so I really need some more light. Uh, a sweet potato and andouille sausage. That sounds good. All right, I'm turning the light on so I can read this properly. Hang on one second. Probably a good idea. I was going to do it without, but I can't. So, there we go. All right. You could order all that and put it in your own dishes and take it to your dinner. Yeah, I mean, sure. That's <laughs> the, uh, look, there's a lot of people that do that. You I can know. gosh darn believe it. Crabby <laughs> uh, gratin. they have corn and crab soup, seafood gumbo, sweet potato, and andouille sausage bisque. That sounds good. Uh, a garden salad. They have a Caesar salad, green bean and artichoke casserole. I bet you theirs is really good. You know, oh, sometimes you is. go to a place that's like a, like a a neighborhood place, and you know that's going to be like your mom did it. So yeah, yeah. So that one would certainly pass for somebody's home cooked version. Uh, mashed potatoes, turkey gravy, sweet potato casserole. They have mushroom wild rice dressing. That sounds good too. Turtle soup, oyster artichoke soup, chicken, and andouille sausage gumbo. So I should have read these left to right rather than up and down. They have mini pecan pies and apple pie bread pudding with caramel sauce. That's a whole lot of stuff. That's a big Mm -hmm. menu. That's at Mandeville Seafood. I'm going to just give the number uh, after every spot. If you want to pass this off as your own delicious home cooked, or even not, you know, you know, just say I picked it up. Uh, it's 985-624-8552. That is Mandeville Seafood's extensive Thanksgiving menu. That's what we should do. Take a little poll. For dressing, is it oyster dressing, cornbread dressing, um, 
what's the other one? My mom used to do a giblet dressing. That's what she would do. And I used to think it was really gross uh, because she would take stale bread and run it under water and then squeeze it like a sponge. Yeah, my mom used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was gross? I thought it was yeah, so gross. I'm like, I yeah. don't want to touch my hand. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It was so good. I couldn't I couldn't deny it. Honestly, you know what it was like? I talked about my my bread pudding moment where I would do the savory bread pudding. That's what it was, really. It was yeah, that's true. it didn't have cheese in it. But it was uh, giblets, and which you prefer not to think about, Patty. Yeah, and you're right. uh, I mean, me too. And of course, the Trinity. And nobody, I don't think anybody took that recipe. We have a, a lot of her recipes, but I don't think anyone did that because nobody ate that after. After my mom and dad gave up Thanksgiving, we took it over and changed. A few things. The mac and cheese remains constant. We are sticking firmly to my mom's mac and cheese, upgraded from canned cream and margarine, and now it's heavy cream and butter. But, um, and white cheddar instead of, you know, Dayglo yellow, as Tom used to call it. But the dressing that we did from day one was a cornbread dressing. And I have to say that is a pretty yummy dressing because the spice from the Savoie andouille is really intense. And the first year I made it, I also used a jalapeno cornbread mix from Zatarain's, but no, I changed that and went to Jiffy. But you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to do the honey version because they have two different kinds. I think they have a, I think they have a jalapeno cheddar Zatarain cornbread mix. And they have another one that's a honey version. And the sweet and spicy is a good mix. So I'm going to do that uh, this time. But you know that, that a jalapeno and cheese cornbread mix you have to add your own cheese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't do the cheese because it's not appropriate yeah. for the dressing. So I just do the, the jalapeno. Uh, but it's good. I think that's a really good cornbread mix. It's not as good as Jiffy, but I think it's really good. And so um, I might do a Jiffy and a Zatarain's, but, but I do like it. But anyway, my mom had that dressing and we never did... It kind of it kind of died with my mother's Thanksgiving that giblet dressing. But I think I'll ask my sister if she has that recipe just out of curiosity. I mean, my kids would never touch anything like that. I mean, but honestly, it's no different than dirty rice. You know, they just don't know it. I mean, I I don't think about what's in dirty rice when I love dirty rice because I do love dirty rice. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you are cooking something for Thanksgiving that is a family recipe, uh, I'd love to hear about it. I'm still trying to think of what sort of desserts we're going to make. One of them is going to be that lemon tart from the Tessa Kiros book. And I want to ask for the tapenade recipe from the Delta Club. <laughs> 
It's really, really good. And I'm sure they make gallons and gallons of it. And the next time I'm out in L.A., I'm going to ask, and I'm sure they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. But um, but I can't find my tapenade recipe, which is really good. Do you eat tapenade, Patty? I don't, what, I don't even know what it is. It's what olive is it? tapenade. Olive tapenade. It's got capers, anchovy, olive oil, garlic, lemon juice, and a lot of olives. Pureed. Mm-hmm. I don't think delish. so. I don't think I would eat it. Do you eat olives? Do you <laughs> yeah, eat I do olives? like olives. You mm-hmm. would love it. Forget about the anchovies. What don't you eat in there besides the anchovies? That was it, just the anchovies. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The anchovy is one, and it's so small, and it's, it's I could eat that stuff by the, by the serving spoon. It's so good. All right, we're going to take a break and be back with more of the food show after this. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294. 4815 Conti Street. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance, madam, with you. I'll tell you what is absolutely going to be on any Fitzmorris Thanksgiving or holiday table, and that is Chasacy ham. Tom was adamant about Chasacy as being the superior ham out there. And you know what? As always, Tom was right. Chasacy VIP ham is absolutely non-pareil. There is nothing that can touch it. If you have never tried it, I can't believe it if you're listening to this show because Tom was maybe their biggest cheerleader. We get a whole chassacy ham and we do the root beer glaze ham. It always starts with a chassacy ham. But just throughout the year, the VIP sliced ham makes the very best sandwich. It's so good that tomorrow... At the Po'boy Festival, the 300-foot-long Po'boy is being made with Chasacy VIP ham. If it's good enough for them, it is good enough for your sandwich. Chasacy VIP ham. Ask for it at the store. It is not as widely available as it used to be. It's still there. But, you know, Rouse is doing its own branding and everybody's doing their own branding. And then there's, you know, the big guys that are national coming in there and muscling their way in. Stick with local. Localism alone leads to culture. I think that's what Tom said. But our own local Chasacy product is a fantastic one. The company has been around for 115 years. That's a long time. They also have sausages. They bought shots. Look for Chasacy products. It is in your supermarket. And if you don't see it, ask for it. That's what you got to do sometimes. 556-9696. I just got another email on oxtails. Let's see what that is. Uh, I thought they were going to say that they got... Um, oh. <laughs> yes, uh, someone purchased them at Rouse's for a demi-gloss and paid eight ninety nine a pound. So it is happening. It's happening. They're going the way of short ribs, which is too bad because... 
I don't I don't like things to become a premium gourmet item when it used to be something you throw to the dog. <laughs> it's just you create a demand for it and there it is. So anyway, uh I'm I almost got some uh some stuff from the the um smokehouse at Browse's today. But I find that I have two things in the freezer from the Rouse's Smokehouse, so I'm not eating it as fast as I buy it. So I had to talk myself out of it. One of the things I found on the shelf cleaning the pantry, which is beautiful now, it is um, much pared down. And you can walk in there, which is super exciting <laughs> because really it kind of used to be dangerous. And uh, once I get you the Lofton Oysters Patty, it will be totally free of anything on the floor, which I'm very excited about. It's been, I can't even tell you how many years that's been. Let's see how long it lasts. I hope for a long time. But one of the things that I found that's been in there forever is a jambalaya mix from a company called Ma Paul's. Do you know oh, what that yeah, is? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Mm -hmm. Have you had it? Have you tried it? I, I may have. I don't know. It's in the grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it's doing on my pantry shelf. I don't know how long it's been there, but I want to try it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I have some, um, some chicken stock on the stove. There is no rotisserie chicken that comes into this house that doesn't get... Uh, post-cooked, deboned, and put into uh, a stock. And I, I am using all of my, um, well, becoming rather sad because I'm picking it faster than it can grow, but from my crops, I call it. It's got kale in there. It's the only way that I'm going to ever eat kale. Um, I have to be forced to eat kale, but it's if it's in a stock, I don't even taste it. So that works out just well. But anyway, it's not going to be a smoky jambalaya. It is still going to be, you know, I'll still be able to taste the spices in it. Has anybody had that product before? I am a committed Tony Sachery's jambalaya mix girl uh, and can be occasionally talked out of it for Oak Grove. And I feel like one of these days I should maybe try all the different ones. But um, this one is in front of me, and I've only got one box, so I'm going to go ahead and, and make it, because why not? What I really ought to be doing is pickling the okra, but I am going to do it. I am absolutely going to pickle the okra. Somebody also sent me a list of packaged salsas, and... Do you eat salsa out of the jar, Patty, or do you make it yourself? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, I have made it myself. Um, All right. But, and it was pretty good. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I like the kind in the jar. But that's one of the things, like when we go to farmer's markets and stuff, I'll always buy some of their salsa. I've had some that's pretty good and some that has been on my pantry for probably as oh, long really? as it has yours uh, has. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Some... <laughs> These are all brands I've never heard of. I've not heard of any of these. Number one, Ithaca Salsa. Have you ever heard of that? Nope, never. Siete Salsa Cremosa. Okay. Nope. No. Tenayo Chunky Salsa. That sounds Asian. 
No, maybe yeah. not. Amy's Kitchen Medium Salsa. Good and Gather Organic Mild Salsa. I've never heard of a single one of these. Amy's isn't that... I've seen, like, Amy's... Amy's makes some good frozen Mexican food, so it may be the same. Oh, do they? And it's one of those all-natural, like, organic things. Well, let's see what it says about Amy's. Amy's salsa may have an extremely short ingredient list, only nine items, but it doesn't skimp on flavor. You can dip your favorite tortilla chips in this jar. And rest assured you're enjoying a healthy, vegetable-rich snack with only one gram of sugar and zero preservatives. Well, it sounds like one of those healthy things. Yeah, so it's which probably is the same people. I mean, there's nobody really more into the whole healthy thing than I am. I'm just like giddy with delight at all of the vegetables in my stock right now but if i'm buying something off the shelf i i don't want that to be a defining characteristic because if it's processed you already take points away for it right there good and gather organic mild salsa mi rancho organic chipotle salsa mi rancho i seem to have heard of somehow Green Mountain Gringo Mild Salsa. You notice none of these are the common ones. What's the common one? Pace is the one, the one that we use mostly. Picante? Pace, uh, picante, yeah. Pace, or, that's um, the one with the funny commercial, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mateo's Gourmet Medium Salsa. Yalapa Jar Austin Blend Hot Salsa. Some of these don't even look good. A Plenty Five Pepper Salsa Verde. I love Salsa Verde. Nature's Promise Organic Salsa. I think that one is kind of common, isn't it? Nature's Promise. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Whole Foods 365 brand organic thick and chunky mild salsa. Have you ever had a 365 brand yeah, that you like. I have. You do like mm -hmm. it. You do like it. Mm -hmm. What do you get? What do you get uh, there? I get the pumpkin from them that we give to Missy, and she loves it. What but is that? I love pumpkin. We put pumpkin in her food all the time because it's good for her stomach. But I've bought like oh, tomato okay. sauce. For the dog. Yeah, okay. I bought tomato sauce and and canned vegetables at Whole Foods, and they're good. Tomato sauce and canned vegetables. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Chopped now, tomatoes do you go last to time I made chili. Foods. Yeah, I got to make some chili again. Uh, do you go to Whole Foods specifically for Miss Money Penny? Nope. Okay. I'm just they they always have pumpkin, and the other stores pumpkin the, what like canned pumpkin? Yeah, like canned pumpkin. Oh, and the other they don't place, have it at regular stores. They only have it mostly during the holidays. It's hard to find at regular during stores. the holidays at like yeah, Winn Dixie or Rouse's. Okay, and so you go year round to get canned pumpkin for the yeah. dog at at Whole Foods. Okay, at Whole Foods. Okay. All right, and she and and because it's it's good for her stomach, canned yep. pumpkin. Mm -hmm. huh? What is it? What sort of enzymes or something? Well, it's it very way? high in fiber. And so it's good to add to their food. My vet told me that when they were puppies. 
to mm. uh, and so they've been eating it their whole life just a big tablespoon of pumpkin in their food they love it they did hmm. I wonder if my dog would eat that. He's his stomach always makes all kinds of noises because, of course, he eats all the kinds of like. I had a I had a shrimp salad that I made from the boiled shrimp, and you gave that to from um, Mandeville Seafood. It was spicy, and he he's just such a beggar. I mean, he's always there looking for food and I can't tell him no when he's got this look on his face so I gave him some shrimp thinking he would walk away from it but he ate it I didn't give him a lot I just gave him a little piece every now and then but um he you know I I doubt seriously that he would eat pumpkin because I gave him a piece of bell pepper Mm -hmm. I gave him I made stuffed bell peppers Using that green bell pepper, the green bell pepper from Becknell's is really intense. It's an intense green bell pepper flavor. I think it's too intense. I mean, it was beautiful. It smelled gorgeous, but I don't know about that. Anyway, I gave him a piece of bell pepper with a lot of meat in it, and he ate the meat and left the bell pepper. He doesn't do vegetables. Let's yeah. go to George. <laughs> Hi, George. Mm-hmm. Hello, how you doing, Tom and Marianne? We are doing good. What's going on with you today? Uh, Just working in Kenwood. The day was Kenwood Day. Uh, All right, George. Listening to the show. Um, uh, We already know your answer to the fast food that you'll go to. We already know that. Yeah, before (laughs) y'all thought about it, I I said Popeye's. No doubt, hands down. You already know that one. We Um, know that, yeah. Yeah, you know it's you, you know it's got a little expensive, but it's still reasonable. You know, under you can still yeah. get out of there under ten dollars, and yeah. you will get full. That's one thing I do. I can't say even with a two piece with a two piece white. I mean, that does the job for me, you know. And I, I yeah. like to eat. I love to eat. Yeah. So, um, and then all the other ones they could just have it, except for maybe exactly. the chilies from um from Wendy's, and mm-hmm. um. I like Chick-fil-A, but, you know, that would be like a second or third, you know, Chick-fil-A. Uh, I like Chick-fil-A. But um, I was listening to the guy with the pizza, and it's like, man, what is this world coming to? New Orleans is now, they're getting known for barbecue joints and pizza nowadays. <laughs> Uber well, I don't know thought. that this one has, I don't know that this one has become that famous yet, but it's a good pizza place, I will say that. But, you know, you see pizza Pizza places, they just all over the place nowadays. They are. You know, at one time everything's all just, over, George. Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, but it's I tell a, you, um, he's doing pretty good for seven weeks, you know. That's a good sign. Um he's, and hopefully it's, he'll it's stay good. in there because it's good. I always say it's very challenging, you know. Um you gotta have money put aside because you just ne- you know, you gotta make money to keep this thing going on a brand new restaurant. But if you're making a ton of money from the get go uh, that helps you to stay in the game. Well, it but, always um, helps to have a, a silent money partner too, which is what it sounds like he has. So that's yeah. a bit of insurance. So you know. Yeah, I, I said this a whole bunch of times, even with Tom. It's like um, my rule of thumb is with the restaurants that I worked at. You know, the guys who survive. It's like what I notice is the first two years you can't touch that money. That strictly goes back into yeah. the business. So you yep. your bill money, Absolutely. you gotta have bill money for two months. Yeah. Well, and then uh, for uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, Jambalaya, 
I can't wait oh. to make it. You know, Love that's jambalaya. Be, um, yeah, that's uh, that's something I got from my uh, from my wife's uh, her recipe uh, from her uncle, and we always have that, and can't wait. Yeah. I love I and, love um, Thanksgiving. It's always been a favorite holiday because you eat so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just <laughs> real, real quick. Um, with the employees, it's very short of on the restaurants. I hope that they come up with some kind of plan because um, you can't keep all these restaurants open if you don't have good, you know, if you don't have uh, They're doing working. it, though, George. They're doing it. All right, I need to go. It is time for the news okay. from the Louisiana Radio Network. George, call us earlier next time. WGSO New Orleans. USA News time, 4 o'clock. Good night.